welcome to Wellness Your Way. I'm your host, Megan Lyons, and I've helped thousands of people find their own way to wellness. Wellness Your Way is an extension of that work, aimed to help you find your unique path to feeling your very best. Each week, we'll go through tactical strategies you can use to improve your health, happiness, and quality of life. So grab a mug of tea or lace up your walking shoes. We're about to dive in. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to episode 144 of Wellness Your Way. I am very excited, as always, that you're here because today... I'm covering a topic that I have been asked over and over and over to cover, and I've put off over and over and over because I'll be honest, it's a bit of a polarizing topic and it can come off as me criticizing people that I don't mean to criticize, but I care more about sharing good quality health information than I care about pleasing everyone. And coming from a people pleaser, that's a big statement to make, but I'm going to do it anyway for your benefit. Today, I am going to talk about the four lab tests that you are likely missing in your blood work and why you might want to reconsider them. Now, I got into this career over 10 years ago as a health coach, primarily, just wanting to help people. And over the years of helping people improve their health in a personalized way, which is the only way that I believe uh, to be most effective, it became more and more clear that the data that was needed for that personalized approach simply wasn't available. And I could tell them all I wanted to ask for from their doctor was X, Y, and Z tests, and they could go to the doctor and ask for that. And inevitably, they'd come back and say, my doctor won't run that because it's considered a preventative test. And that is part of the problem that we're going to discuss today. And because we are going to get into a lot of science and a lot of things like that. Trust me, I'm going to make it approachable. Don't worry. I'm going to make it actionable. There are only really four words you need to remember at the end of this episode, but it's going to be a big one. So for that reason, I'm going to skip over health news you can use. We are just about to dive into the veggies of the matter right here. All right, so let me pick it back up. I heard over and over, my doctor won't run that because it's considered a preventative test. Now, before I rant on this statement, let me say this very clearly. I love medical doctors. I use medical doctors. And goodness knows, if I am in a car accident or I break my arm or I have a heart attack, I want to be brought to a Western medicine-trained medical doctor stat. They are excellent at fixing those problems. And the fact that some of them are not yet 
excellent at preventative medicine is not their fault. There are a whole lot of issues. The insurance system doesn't reimburse preventative care like it should. The time limitations that they experience mean they don't get enough time with each patient. The medical school curriculum doesn't cover preventative medicine. It's a system issue. It is not a doctor issue. Everyone in this profession is ultimately in it to help people the way they've been trained. So I will continue using, loving, referring to, partnering with, all of this stuff, medical doctors. And there are many out there who are embracing preventative medicine, which is amazing. I really believe that we're in this sea change right now where in the future, maybe even just five, 10 years in the future, all of this stuff that I'm about to say today will be completely standard practice. And there won't be people like me needing to say, oh yeah, you got to add this to your blood work because it's really important. It will just be in there already. So This is not uh, a bash on anyone or anything at all. Nutrition is a constantly, and health is a constantly changing field. And the more we know, the better we can do. But let me return to that statement. We can't run a preventative blood test. Wouldn't every human agree that it's better to prevent a disease than to fix it once it's there? Wouldn't we save a ton of time and money and stress and life by focusing on prevention? That's actually not a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. Even going way back to 2010, the NIH published on the billions with a B of dollars that could be saved annually by focusing on preventative care. Now, I'm no longer an economist. Many of you may not know that my undergraduate degree was actually in economics, I don't do that anymore, but I can tell you still that we need those billions of dollars that could be saved, and we are leaving so much on the table by not focusing on this. Now, this, this lack of ability to do preventative care was one of the reasons why after just starting with my certificate of health coaching, I went on to add a master's in holistic nutrition, a board certification in holistic nutrition a board certification in clinical nutrition, and now in progress, a doctorate of clinical nutrition. I don't want to just suggest what you should do. I want to walk with you step-by-step through actually doing it. And now that's what I'm able to do with my clients, what I wasn't able to do 10 years ago. So Let's talk some solutions. There are a few ways you can start reversing these problems on your own. First, like almost everything, educating yourself is the ha- is half the battle. It's so nice to think that someone else will be the CEO of your health, but that role falls on you. And that's why you're here listening to this podcast. So congratulations. You are already in the minority of people being educated, and that is such a privilege and a gift and a challenge that you've undertaken, and I applaud you for that. Second, you've got to speak up. So if you, if your main practitioner is a more Western medicine-oriented MD and you ask specifically for the tests I'm going to list below, they will sometimes oblige and give you these tests. And this is huge. This is amazing. And if they don't, it may be worth considering adding to your healthcare team. I'll provide a solution at the end of this podcast, uh, but you may want to add on. So 
What we're about to talk about are four functional medicine lab tests that you're likely missing in your normal checkup and why you want to include them, why you may want to include them. It's your choice. Always health is always your choice. Now, almost all lab panels, at least every single one that I've seen in hundreds, probably thousands that I've reviewed will include things like a CBC, which are your blood cell counts and sizes, and hopefully a CMP, which are like your electrolytes and kidney and liver function and things like that, and even a total cholesterol measure. So I'm not going to talk about those basic metrics because they're already included. Everyone does it. So why talk about it? These ones that I will talk about are like the next level. The things that I believe should be standard practice and will in the future, but they're not generally included today. These are four critical functional medicine lab tests that are often overlooked in conventional settings. The HSCRP, the full lipid panel, full lipid panel, hemoglobin A1C, and fasting insulin. And when we understand these tests, we get so many valuable insights into our health, we can prevent the onset of chronic diseases. So let's start with number one, HSCRP. High sensitivity C-reactive protein, or HSCRP, is a marker of systemic inflammation in the body. So like we've talked about before, if you sprain your ankle, it's going to get hot and puffy and swollen and heavy, and that's good. That's acute inflammation in an area that needs to be fixed by your body. So inflammation is a helpful process, but it indicates that there's something broken. Now, when we have systemic inflammation, chronic inflammation all throughout our body, that is less optimal. It's still a helpful process. Your body's trying to fix itself, but it means that there's a problem, not just in your swollen sprained ankle, but all throughout your body. This is why it's linked to so many chronic diseases. Now, functional medicine practitioners use HSCRP to assess someone's risk of heart disease because elevated levels of HSCRP are very strongly correlated with cardiovascular events. And we know that reducing inflammation through diet, stress management, supplements, lifestyle, all of these things can significantly lower the risk of heart disease and other inflammation-related conditions. So we can do something about it. In fact, I will link to the blog post where I'm uh, going over all of the same things that I'm talking about in the podcast today. But the blog post has a bunch of links to studies and things like that if you want to dive into these studies. And one of those links is a Harvard Health article that is quoting the New England Journal of Medicine, one of the top medical journals, which says, quote, CRP outperforms LDL cholesterol as a predictor of cardiovascular risk, end quote. That's one. And number two, start quote, C-reactive protein was a better predictor of cardiovascular events like heart attack, strokes, bypass surgery, or angioplasty than other inflammatory markers. So this is like an awesome overall re, uh, uh, marker of inflammation, which then leads to all kinds of severe adverse effects. Even Dr. Mark Hyman said directly, quote, this simple blood test could save your life, end quote. So that's number one, HSCRP. Let's move on to number two, which is the full lipid panel. I often tell my clients that their total cholesterol, they'll come to me and they'll say, oh, total cholesterol is 218, total cholesterol is 174, total cholesterol is whatever. That's like telling me the total score of a basketball game. 
if the total score is, let's say, 200, I have no idea which team won. I don't know whether it was a landslide or a buzzer beater. I don't know who played well. It's just not that interesting. And I feel similarly about the conventional cholesterol test, just that total cholesterol number. It provides an incomplete picture of what's going on. So the full lipid panel, which I'm recommending, is not only the total cholesterol, but the breakdown like LDL, HDL, triglycerides, and particle size. These things are coming more and more onto conventional blood tests for good reason, because these little nuances of what the cholesterol actually breakdown looks like allows us to assess cardiovascular risk more accurately. So there's research that's showing that optimizing lipid profiles, not just total cholesterol, but lipid profiles, especially those small, dense LDL particles, and increasing the HDL levels is crucial for preventing heart disease. We can do this with lifestyle changes like a heart-healthy diet, regular exercise, all of this kind of stuff, which can have significant impact on the outcome. So for most of my clients... Uh, for every single person, I'll do at least those things mentioned before, but for most people, just to give a, an even fuller picture, and especially those at high risk of cardiovascular disease, I'll go beyond this. I'll add an LP little a, an ApoB, an oxidized LDL, homocysteine. These are all giving us even more detail of what's going on with the cholesterol system in the body. So we don't just want that total cholesterol. We want more of a breakdown. That's number two. And let's move on to number three, which is hemoglobin A1C, or sometimes just called A1C. This is a marker that's used to determine the average blood glucose levels over the past three months. Now, technically, technically, it's measuring the percentage of your red blood cells whose hemoglobin proteins are glycated, which means they're covered with sugar. But you could just think of it like an average blood sugar test. That's easier to think about. And it's like, just as useful to think about it that way. Now, this is primarily associated with diabetes management, both type 2 and type 1 diabetes. Um, people with those conditions get their A1C checked regularly, which is awesome. And those conditions, especially type 1 diabetes, have different optimal ranges and different considerations that are going into this. So I'm taking that off the table for this conversation. It's significance for people who are not yet diagnosed with diabetes of any kind is still very high. Research shows that even slight elevations in the A1C are linked to increased risk of cardiovascular disease, stroke, excuse me, kidney damage, and many other conditions. So many functional medicine practitioners use A1C to identify pre-diabetes and insulin resistance in their early stages. As it's creeping up, we can catch this stuff and we can intervene through diet and exercise and lifestyle. We can significantly reduce our risk of developing diabetes and other conditions by monitoring this. So if someone tells you not to get the A1C unless you're diabetic, feel free to share with them that a lower A1C is associated with decreased all-cause mortality, and I'm including links to all of these studies in the blog post for this week, decreased all-cause dementia and Alzheimer's, and according to Dr. Matt Dawson, who's an MD, reduced risk of cardiovascular disease, cancer, and dementia. 
Now, up to 88% of Americans by recent studies are metabolically unhealthy, unfortunately. But the great news, I'll say it once again, is that an A1C that's creeping up is completely reversible with focus on nutrition and lifestyle. I help clients who are pre-diabetic or on their way there reverse that literally every week. Uh, It is absolutely possible and knowledge is power. So this is a great test to get. And then finally, number four, fasting insulin. Now, if the A1C is telling you how high or low your blood sugar has been over the past three months, the fasting insulin is telling us how hard your pancreas has to work to keep it there. Now, again, I'm excluding people with type 1 diabetes uh, from this conversation because the situation is different. But for everyone else, insulin is a hormone that is produced by the pancreas. And this is very important in regulating our blood sugar levels. It's a constant juggling act between insulin and blood sugar and keeping those both normalized. And when we have this really delicate balance disrupted, this can lead to a lot of issues, including metabolic dysregulation and weight loss resistance, which is what perks people's ears up a little bit. So if my clients have been really diligent about making healthy changes to their diets, but they just haven't gotten the results they would have expected, this is a really good one to test. Elevated fasting insulin levels are very closely associated with insulin resistance, which is a precursor to type 2 diabetes, metabolic syndrome, et cetera. And insulin resistance is linked to higher risk of heart disease, cancer, cognitive decline, reproductive health issues like PCOS, fatty liver disease, so many other conditions. So addressing this through lifestyle changes and targeted interventions, again, can prevent or even reverse the progression of these conditions. So those are the top four functional medicine lab tests that I highly encourage you adding on. Now, this podcast is already long enough. I am at risk of boring you to exhaustion. This stuff is very exciting for me, but I understand not everyone is me. So I'm going to move along. However, I just want to give you a brief preview in case it's helpful to someone listening out there of some other bonus tests that I consider running for my clients because never, I think in the history of 10 years, have I just ordered those four tests for a client. It's always something much more detailed depending on their situation. So some other things I might consider, a full thyroid panel, very um, cursory overview right here because we don't have time to get get into it, but TSH alone does not tell the whole picture. TSH is what you've probably seen on your lab work and someone's told you your thyroid's okay or not okay based on that. But that's very similar to the total cholesterol that we talked about. It's not that interesting without the breakdown. It's a little more interesting than total cholesterol, I'll be honest, but it's still not the whole picture. So we need at minimum the T3 and T4, other thyroid hormones, or actually the thyroid hormone instead of thyroid stimulating hormone, which is TSH. But ideally, we also want the free forms of both of those. We want reverse T3 for anyone at risk of Hashimoto's, which these days is a lot of people. I want to run antibody tests as well. So don't just accept the TSH if you're worried about your thyroid. Next one to consider stool test. I just love the gut zoomer test that I use in my practice. It gives us a complete rundown of digestive enzymes, 
uh, and other digestive capacity, presence of pathogens, bacterial strains that are out of balance, so much more. And it's an expensive test. So I usually reserve it for people with kind of complex GI dysfunction, but it's a great test. Next one is an omega fatty acid panel. So we've talked on the podcast before about the benefits of fish oil and omega-3s and how the right balance of omegas is really important. Um, So for someone consuming the standard American diet and at risk of cardiovascular events, this is a helpful uh, test to see the breakdown of omegas that their body is holding on to. Next one is a full hormone panel. This is another podcast for another day, I'll be honest, but getting a complete picture of hormone health, especially for females, but for males as well. Sometimes through something really complex like a Dutch test, which is a urine test, but other times just through blood, this is really helpful for people with sex hormone-based issues. Another thing to consider would be leptin and other metabolic hormones for people with weight loss resistance, a red blood cell magnesium. So I think I've talked over and over and over on the podcast about how much I love magnesium. It is probably my favorite supplement. And uh, probably if you just search the Lion Share blog for magnesium, it comes up a lot of times. I don't know. I haven't tried that. Uh, But I talk about it a lot because it's so important. And the traditional magnesium test is a serum test, not measuring how much is actually getting into your red blood cells. So we want to measure how much we're actually able to use and absorb. And that's the RBC or red blood cell magnesium test. And then um, again, cutting myself off a little early, but one more that I often consider is a saliva cortisol test, which is done four times throughout the day. You just spit in a tube. This helps us see if cortisol, which is one of the stress hormones, is dysregulated and causing other downstream issues. So those are just some of the many that I would consider adding on. But the four that we talked about before, which are HSCRP, a full lipid panel, hemoglobin A1C and fasting insulin, those are ones that almost everyone, I believe, would benefit from knowing. So what do we do about all this? First, like I said, ask at your next general checkup, ask if you can receive those four tests and you may be surprised by the person saying yes, and that's amazing. Now, based on the demand for those who wanted this full functional nutrition lab workup, but they didn't really want the months-long coaching that I generally offer, I developed a new program actually in January of this past year, and it's really been a hit with the clients who have taken part in it. It's called the Reboot Package, and it's simple. It's just a few consultations combined with the lab work, which is included in the price, to give you a customized protocol to improve your health on your own. So if you want the hands-on multiple meetings with me over time and accountability, then you go with my usual packages. If you don't want any lab work and you just want to learn, then you go with Revitalize. But Reboot, which I'm talking about today, is for those who really just want to dive in on their labs and know what to do about it. The schedule is basically you sign up for the package, you fill out a new client intake form, and then we have a brief 25-minute consultation just to discuss your goals. From there, I figure out with you the appropriate labs to order. I place the order, you get your blood drawn, 
I get the results sent to me. Of course, I send them to you. You're, this is your data. You keep the lab results. Uh, I feel very strongly about that. And then we have a longer consultation to review your labs in detail and develop your protocol for improvement. And then about three to four weeks later, we have just one more short session just to check in, answer any questions that have come up in that time, make sure you're feeling good, all of that. And that's it. So it doesn't come with a lot of consultations with me, but I've learned that some people want this. They don't want the full-on accountability from most of my programs. They just want the labs. They want to know what to do about them, and they want to move on. And if that is you, then I am excited to say that I have currently a few openings of the Reboot Package uh, at the time that this will come out maybe just a couple, but the wait list for Reboot is honestly a lot shorter than the wait list for my other packages. So I can, I feel confident that I can get you in relatively soon on this Reboot package. If you want to sign up and either grab your spot or get on the wait list as soon as possible, the link will be in the show notes. So just scroll on down on this podcast player, wherever you're listening to this, hit that link for reboot package and you can sign up right there and then we'll get the process rolling. All right. I hope my friends that this was helpful for you. I hope more than anything that you feel empowered, that you know a little bit more about what to ask for on your next blood work panel and that these markers are insightful for you. I believe that preventative medicine is the future of medicine. I believe there's always something we can do about some of these markers that are creeping up before they become problematic, but that requires us to know what's going on in your body. So I encourage you to take the next step. If you want to see this in written form, go ahead and uh, scroll down in your podcast player again, and you'll see the link to the blog post for this week. Otherwise, I hope this helps and I can't wait to be back with you next week. Thank you, my friends. If you're a loyal listener to Wellness Your Way, you know I am super picky about only sharing information that is well-researched and practical and that I think can change your life. And I hope you love learning the snippets of health information that I share here each week because I sure love sharing it with you. But I also know that there's a little challenge. You're a loyal listener to Wellness Your Way, but that's just 35 minutes of your week. That's 0.3% of your week. And if you don't have a strategy guiding the rest of the week, then all of the effort you put into learning this stuff and all of the best intentions in the world can easily fly out the window because you have a million other priorities. I get it. It's for people just like you that I developed my Revitalize Health Accelerator. It's for people who already know a lot about health and nutrition, and they're implementing a lot of it. It's for people who feel pretty good in their bodies, but they know they could feel better. It's for people who feel like they kind of know what to do, at least some of it, but then life gets in the way and they don't end up doing all of it. I've been there too, and what I needed was a strategy. What I needed was a way to actually implement what I knew and to do it in a sustainable way that actually fits into real life and doesn't feel like a diet, 
because it's not. The Revitalize Health Accelerator delivers all of that. And as you may have heard, I've recently made it even more accessible to the masses because I want you in the program. If you've been on the fence, consider this your sign. If you want to keep learning and growing and feeling amazing, this is your sign. I'm waiting here with open arms, ready to help you stop feeling good because greatness is in your future. Join us at the link in the show notes or go to www.thelionsshare.org slash revitalize. I cannot wait to welcome you into Revitalize. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way with Megan Lyons. I always love connecting with listeners, so be sure to follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss brand new episodes each week. If you love Wellness Your Way, please leave us a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. Stay well, and I'll be back next week. The Wellness Your Way podcast is provided for information only and should not be misconstrued as medical advice. Please consult with your physician or otherwise qualified practitioner on any matters regarding your health and well-being or on any opinions expressed within this podcast or the Lion Share website.